Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are drawing close to the end of our examination of the book of Colossians. As in all these things that we do together during this time, it's just basically an overview of things, you know, reading the scripture, looking at some details with it. But there's so much more to be gleaned and to be uh, uh, thinking about and allow the Spirit to bring within our thoughts, within our minds, for the balance of our lives. I want to go to the fourth chapter and start with the second verse again. We looked at the second through, I think, maybe the fifth verse, the sixth verse last time. And I want to read these again just to point out what he's saying. He's Paul's giving us some final uh, thoughts, really, some final words of instructions uh, to the body that's there. He's dealt with the issues that were coming against them, uh, the issues of uh, Gnosticism, of uh, the idea of uh, you had to have a greater knowledge, the sophist idea of all sorts of uh, things that were attacking <laughs> the true faith. Now in verse 2 he says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Have you ever thought about that? We, we've thought about, I know, devoting ourselves to prayer, but one of the ways that we keep alert is that we keep alert in it, in prayer, with thanksgiving. So our attitude should be that of keeping alert, keeping alert in prayer with thanksgiving and devote ourselves to that. Now, that will automatically sort of challenge what it means to pray, okay, what that is talking about. We so often think that you have to assume the position of bowing your heads and being in a corner and uh, being oblivious to anything that's going on in the world. And that's a very limiting way of expressing and understanding what prayer is, okay, which we will not get into right now. We may chase that rabbit around later. But he's telling them, make sure you devote yourself to this. Keep alert in prayer. And he tells them, verse 3, praying at the same time for us as well. And remember, he requested that they pray for him. That God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been in prison. So he's letting them know that he's in prison. He's letting them know why. It's because he's been speaking the mystery of Christ, and he's just praying that the doors will continue to be open, that he could do that. And he says also that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to speak. Verse 5, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Now think about that. What is he saying right there? Those who are not believers, okay, those who are not believers, to conduct yourself a particular kind of way, to seize the moment of opportunity and relationship to them, okay? So it doesn't mean to be manipulative or anything like that. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying at all. What he's saying is <coughs> you need to seize the moment. Conduct yourself with wisdom. Know these moments when you may be able to share something. Uh, the word conduct with their means walk with wisdom toward those who are outside the faith. Then verse 6, let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So he's saying this, always walk in an attitude of prayer, walk in an attitude of thanksgiving, walk in wisdom of how you're relating to outside people and what you say to outside people people outside the faith, and let your speech be seasoned as salt is. Then verse 7, he actually starts moving in and uh, giving greetings to everybody. Verse 7, As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, 
will bring you information. So apparently Tychicus was the one who delivered this letter to him. And look how Paul describes him. He calls him our beloved brother. He calls him a faithful servant. He calls him a fellow bond servant in the Lord. So he's letting them know, hey, you can trust this guy right here. He knows about all my affairs. He knows what's going on with me. He will let you know that. And then he tells them, verse 8, For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. So let me just stop right there in the middle of a sentence. He's saying this is the reason I've sent him, to where I can send this little letter here, okay, to where you can know about our circumstance and to where he can encourage your heart. So he would not have been just a letter bearer right here. He wouldn't have just dropped this letter off and that would have been it. No, he was going to encourage their hearts. Verse 9, and with him Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, which is one of your number. So he's got somebody traveling back with him. Onesimus, he's faithful, he's a beloved brother, and he's from there. Then he tells us in the verse 9, they will inform you about the whole situation here. So what does that tell us? Well, that tells us there's some kind of situation going on here, okay? That there's something happening, that there's something occurring. Paul wanted them to know that, and he wanted them to know what the situation was. And so he sent these two back. He sends this letter. You know, I'm sort of amazed nowadays. Just think about this. They had to travel really what we would consider vast uh, distances (coughs) to deliver letters, to uh, communicate with one another. Nowadays, I dare say each and every one of us, particularly if if we're joining together in this way via a podcast, we can literally grab a phone, grab a computer, a tablet, sit there and type something and have instant communication. I mean, absolutely instant. And it's amazing. I had it happen this week. Uh, uh, one of I become a really good friend of a bunch of us. Her name's Rachel. And Rachel lives in Auckland, New Zealand. She's in our online Bible studies, has been for years and years. And, you know, when we first started, we just sort of chatted with each other. Then we got the capability of being able to talk with one another and chat if we want to. Now we can actually sit there and see each other, right? And uh, they had an earthquake offshore, uh, she, close to where she lives. And so I sent her a note saying, hey, are you okay? You know, is there any type of uh, tsunami warning, that kind of thing? And when I sent it, I knew that she's 17 or 18 hours, depends on what time of year, 17, 18 hours ahead of us time-wise. I knew it was like 1 o'clock in the morning there the next day when I sent it to her. Well, I hear from her about six hours later. She said, no, I didn't know there was an earthquake, but we're fine. Well, they've had three more earthquakes since then, a very, a very strong earthquakes. Now, they're out in the deep ocean, and they've impacted a little bit here and there. But just the ability to click on a button and say, hey, how are you doing? Actually, to call somebody, to see them face-to-face on the other side of the world. She's actually taken her uh, little tablet outside for us and shown us New Zealand. And he's looking around, here's Auckland, New Zealand. This is where I live. This is what's going on. Of course, we're always in opposite seasons as far as the weather and that kind of stuff. But we we see that uh, nothing's really changed. Even from the earliest days, that the church wanted to know about each other. They wanted to be informed about situations and circumstances because human beings are human beings. And it's a very good thing. So here they're writing. Here they're sending somebody else that's given a report. Here he's sending somebody else uh, to encourage them, to exhort them. You know, 
should we not be doing the same thing day in and day out? So let me just, I'll close with this last thought. We'll look at these other scriptures later on tomorrow. Let me just ask you this question. How are you encouraging folks? How are you encouraging the hearts of others? There's no limit to the ways that we can do it. Don't worry about trying to do it this way or that way because you see somebody else doing it. What is the Lord wanting you to do to speak courage, to speak exhortation into somebody's heart, to inform people about a situation, whatever it may be? I'm not talking about gossip. I'm not talking about Christian concern. No, I'm talking about speaking forth the words of life that will speak life into others. That's what Paul's doing here, even when he's closing the letter out. He's speaking life into them. Well, we'll talk more about this next time. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.